Lockdown Visual Hi everyone, in this episode we will be discussing the work of Naz, a fantastic member of the Liver team. The piece is titled Merge Reality. Naz is currently completing a BA Fine Art course at Central St Martins and has spent the past months exploring systems of social control and surveillance through their practice. You can watch Naz's full video work on YouTube and I will include the details in the description below. I'll now pass you over to the lovely Naz. To give you a little bit of context, this is something I made for an open studios. Originally, the film was going to be like 20 minutes long. It is one of these things that I'd want in a space playing, you know, so it's like it's not the main thing. It would be part of an immersive space. But having to adapt things for the Internet, I kind of cut it down to five minutes and I realised things can get missed out in translation or I don't know the wave of things can go a bit differently then so I don't know I just like I just like your feedback what did it make you think about what what did you kind of draw on the sort of things that I've written down next to me that came up as as I was watching it was obviously the CCTV camera that's observing you can kind of tell it's from the same the same property but from different perspectives so at some point it's from a window at some point it feels like it's out in the front garden and um it had this sensation in, in the helicopter the noise of the helicopter kind of increased this feeling of surveillance so you've got the cctv camera the helicopter you kind of notice because of the CCTV camera's dates that some frames are at the same day but different times of the day. So it's kind of nice when you see the re- the reflection in the window and the and not having the reflection in the window and kind of looking at the time of the day and going, oh, okay. And there was definitely something ghostly and paranormal going on sort of even the bright frame at some point goes distorted and green and that had a sort of paranormal feel to it even the 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 way it all shuts down tvs as we know them today don't shut down in that way yeah i thought the same there was this really weird kind of spooky tension throughout the whole thing and you're kind of just waiting for this escalation but it it comes but like not in the way you'd expect it to come and also like thinking about the CCTV, but some of it was obviously shot from inside the window and it's quite rare that you get like the CCTV inside, like I don't think I've ever seen that before. So it's kind of like, am I inside, am I outside, am I like going through these spaces? Oh wow, I'm really glad that you guys have said that actually because um, I think I have a bit of a tendency to be quite expansive and try and shove in a lot of ideas into my work. Yeah, you know, didn't know how to, kind of pick all these things together and I just kind of I, I originally I wanted all the films kind of separate on separate screens um but I kind of quite like them together and I'd morph them because they all kind of like were like 1080 and I'd, I'd squished them into portrait so um the other thing is is I realize a lot of us are on our computers right now but the idea was was that when people were accessing the site on their phone, um, the film goes up to like full screen on your phone. So it kind of looks like you've got this little CCTV on your phone. It's really interesting you picked up on Inside Outside, Fran, because I was thinking a lot about 
public and private spaces and the online and the offline and how all of these kind of intersect each other and how technology seems to be a, to, a tool to facilitate all of this. The tarpaulin is something that I'd been experimenting in with other work. So I've been draping tarpaulin over the front of my house. I was trying to replicate a billboard in the sense that we don't get any choice in our public setting over what kind of distractions and information is blasted at us. And I think, I remember actually, it was somewhere in East, I think it was around Dalston and I'd gone past on the bus and there was this massive Apple billboard that was like placarded over these tenants' windows. And I'd seen a few articles about it and I'd seen it elsewhere in Shoreditch as well. So I know it's it's quite a big problem about tenants selling off windows and things. And the fact that, you know, our, pri our public space is sold off and our perspectives are sold off without any permission to the public. And then just on top of that, our private spaces and our private perspectives are sold off as well. And I just thought that that was quite, as I just physicalised in these articles that I'd read. So it was kind of this idea of like being in front of a billboard, but behind it as well, and what that does. And when I was writing my dissertation, I was looking a lot at um, the attention economy. And I think we kind of touched on this actually last time with Lydia's, but I was talking about kind of the different I suppose modes of information that it's carried on and I was mostly thinking about the billboard, the window and the screen. I kind of felt like the billboard is something that instructs, instructs you on what kind of perspective to have and a screen is too essentially but just in this new technological way and I think it was just yeah me playing around with this idea of putting up something distractive on my own private property but not so distractive because other people didn't get a choice over it and it was just yeah playing around with where is the line between public and private and then I think it was this idea of surveillance from the window of like the private looking out onto the public and yeah how how all of our perspectives are all kind of wrapped into each other and how all of these inside, outside, online, offline kind of intersect with each other, yeah. Um, it's really interesting you said about the, the ghostly stuff as well, like the paranormal stuff, because I think the other ideas I was touching on was disinformation and how technology um, kind of warps information and, again, these realities. So, you know, you, you see something on the screen, you know, even down to deep fakes, what we think could be a reality the same as looking out of your window could be completely warped through a screen and regurgitated back out. I guess I was kind of also playing and quite, I don't know, it was maybe a little bit comical to kind of pick up on the Microsoft Windows. Um, so that green flashing was actually meant to be part of the Microsoft flag. And there was like red and yellow and obviously the blue tarpaulin is already there. I think you can definitely see the window by the way you've layered it out, like you, the way you've laid out the four videos. I yeah. didn't really see that connection with Windows as a PC. And mm. I'm, if I'm honest, I didn't capture the, the like I saw the tarpaul, but at some point I thought it was even like a curtain. So I'm just wondering, do you need all those layers of complexity? What my, I think my question is, what's your intention in a way with this work? I think that's a very good question. 
and as I said at the start, I think I am quite expansive and I just I do layer stuff quite a lot. But yeah, this was this was a test and that's exactly why it's so important to test these things and to get you guys feedback so I know when's too much and what's productive and what's not. I think in terms of this is something that I plan on showing with a collection of other things. So the idea is then is that there will be other films and other um elements that are going to be exhibited alongside this so there's going to be a film of me putting up the tarpaulin and i've actually bought some <laughs> some some of those really silly spy glasses with the cameras on so i'm also going to film the performance of me putting up the tarpaulin from inside the house so i think i the idea at the end is to have all of these layers of these different perspectives from the same setting displayed together and i'm kind of well from what I've shown to other people when it is displayed next to these other contexts I feel like the film I just showed you guys maybe makes more sense but I do agree on its own I think it's probably quite confusing. I'm going to butt in again and from what you've just said you've described it as a test so what my sort of follow-up question would be what have you learned from it is it a work that belongs to a body of works or should the work be seen singularly I think I've decided to separate the different perspectives now from making that film. So instead I'm going to have what you, the same layout as what you just saw, but instead from each window. So there'll be like four different bits of footage. And um, I think it really is part of a body of work. And I think that's what I've come to realise is that the the kind of theories I'm trying to talk about or the things that I'm attempting to represent and all these different simultaneous realities can't really be summoned down to one frequency or one film. And I think I've realised that and trying to shove it all into one makes it too overwhelming and confusing. So I think having a body of work and this just being an element of it is how I'm going to take this forward. And again, separating the footage down even more. In terms of time, this is the other thing I'd like to talk to you about. I mean, did that feel like it was too long? I, I thought the, the length of time was really appropriate just because, like, well, I look, I look at the length of time it is, and for some reason I, like, instantly, maybe because I'm watching on YouTube, I instantly think, oh, that's, like, the same length as, like, a song or, like, a music video. Um, and those, that's always the amount of time that I'm always like, oh, I can always give, give that amount of time. But also I think it was really important that it wasn't too short because there was a lot of time for sort of thinking and expanding on my ideas as I was watching it and I think a lot of it because obviously like it's not it's not really opaque in its meaning having that time to interpret it in different ways and to really think about what we're looking at I think was really like a, a big part of the piece like it, it gives a duration to like actually viewing and thinking about the piece which was really nice. I'm thinking it could have been a bit longer like it's interesting now that you said that about people not having the time to give because that's actually not something I'd probably thought about with time-based and like video work but I think there could have been more time to like build up the tension and like the kind of general atmosphere of the piece. Yeah yeah I agree because it's it reflects like a CCTV kind of video so much I mean they kind of never stop they're rolling like 24-7 and I feel like it is something it's something that has like longevity in it. You wonder what happened before and after the video 
started or ended like it is something you could just keep videoing for hours on end I think it has the potential to be longer and I think people would still watch it it's kind of almost like people watching when you just stare out the window for ages and you can just watch these figures going by yeah it is because I think yeah myself wasn't really sure what it was going to be until I kind of threw it together so it's exciting that you know at this stage of the work you know you, you guys are picking up on these things and it's you know it's really helpful to understand what works and what doesn't work. When you say about having it as part of an installation as well um, potentially like a physical space what would you present the video on like would it be projected or on like a computer screen? I imagine it as um some giant projection to be honest with you like on the perhaps even on the front of the tarpaulin that's something I've also thought about playing around kind of projecting it on the front of my house like a billboard but yeah I kind of imagine it in blown up really bigly or I don't know perhaps in a bigger grid formation and have multiple even more shots playing alongside with it and then the other elements of what I was intending kind of elsewhere in smaller detail but I'd like that to be I don't know kind of covering a big space I mean it kind of reminded me of in like lockdown there was a trend of like fake windows being like fake uh, window projections in people's rooms um, for like people that didn't have windows or didn't have a nice view and so it would be like these like um, people would project um a window and you could see like the rainforest out of it or something like that or like the beach and I thought it was interesting like uh like the for one like the kind of time that it's been made of like everyone literally looking out of their windows because that's (laughs) I feel like that's been a key part of the year um but also like you drawing attention and like filming the very mundane things that are happening outside of a real life window when there's people projecting these fake windows I think that's it's really interesting you've brought that up actually because one of the kind of original sketches I was going that I kind of had I going on was these like you know the Microsoft picture like the OG one with the rolling hills Mm, yeah um it's these kind of like ideas of escapism isn't it through windows yeah and it's kind of like you know you kind of think about you know as you said it's like you've got the rainforest or the beach or something like that and people even have these kind of wall hangings and stuff and it'll be like a really nice escapism image like a holiday scene and actually I, I was thinking about um how a lot of these kind of scenes you find on computer screens and on, and on desktops and it's almost like this escapism through technology in itself like ah oh, calmness which kind of again coincides with this if people are familiar with the Blase effect and Gorg Simmel as well talks a lot about this with the attention economy and our constant need to escape the urban and yeah it's, and again that's really interesting that you bring up the fact that people having to project windows because you know one of the, the inspirations you know, all the seeds that led on to this video work was the fact that people's windows were being covered up in London. I think the idea of covering up the urban as well is interesting currently because of all the, like, meetings people are having virtually and people tend to cover up, like, their background setting as well with 
an image um, to make it look like they're elsewhere or like you could literally be anywhere in the world. Yeah. So it's interesting like linking that as well to the projections with the windows and how it's almost like an idealised image that's just like so fake. It's 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 odd really because um, with all of the distractions that we face day to day in the urban you know so you've got billboards constantly flashing in your face everywhere everything everywhere is you know competing for your attention and you know what we started off to kind of control this urban space was I don't know using something to distract ourselves with like a book or originally it could have been the Walkman when we put in our earphones and we listen to a certain song we've immediately got a certain navigation over public space but the irony in the development of technology means that those things that we used to control the attention economy and we used to escape it like a book or a Walkman then developed into a mobile phone with you know all the things that you can do on that like social media now and it's it's really ironic how it's done a whole full loop and the thing that was invented to control and navigate our public space away from these distractions has turned into another attention economy within itself so yeah it's interesting that you just there's all the there always seems to be all these loops and ironies within technology in itself and within the screen of how it represents the public and the private and how it reflects and detracts and regurgitates and again with information and disinformation there's just so many different realities I think that can exist in between online and offline. I have one last question about has Lover informed your work in any way because I feel like there was that feeling of council estate in the video and I was wondering if it's if it's just a chance thing of whereabouts you live um or if it's something that I don't know lover might have you know it's it's funny you say that because I I I do when we you know work through the itinerary or even when we started doing you know talking about this podcast and things like that and thinking about different frequencies of work and how it's going to be intercepted um, in terms of like the work that we've been doing with Lover, I definitely say that that breathes into my work um, and inspires me. In terms of the the context of the the estate, um, I I think that is a coincidence. A lot. It's funny because I used to live on a council estate in East for a few years myself, and I did a lot of surveillance footage um very similar to this from the top of that block well I am a working class I guess artist myself so I don't know it just I think it maybe it's an accident but maybe I find it a good context to talk about because in terms of probably rights to public space and things like that I mean that goes back into how many rights people you know working class people have you know and how many rights you get to public space and the gentrification of sites and how you can be wrapped away from a world in it yourself through gentrification in the urbanization as well so yeah I guess in a really weird way it all does kind of sphere back together yeah but there's a lot of happy accidents in art isn't there lockdown, lockdown visual, visual art, art.